0: to another brand spanking new edition of the Sunday Card Podcast. We have been off for a couple of weeks now since the draft, and I gotta say, the mock draft, for the most part, I think went pretty good, pretty good, uh, and the props went pretty good as well for us. I think we all actually did quite good with the props, but no matter, we are here to recap what happened in the draft before we get into the summer of football that's right the summer of football where we actually do the dirty work you got to put on the tape you got to put on the pads you got to put on depth charts rosters and study 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 and that's what we're going to do all summer but let's recap the draft shall we dan zampano maddie ice maddie c matt silberth here with you our producer lou Paracone on the ones and twos uh and we will be here now maddie looking back five years from now saying how incredibly right we were, won't we?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic when we're right. I mean, again, we've, as far as you said, our mock draft it went pretty well. I mean, we really seem to be dialed into that top 10, 15, definitely that first half of the draft, which, you know, which is a little more predictable too. Uh, and then it was just hard to predict the amount of trades that happened in this draft. I mean, mm. going into it, we were saying how maybe some of the names weren't so big and flashy, but the night of, we had current players being drafted. We just had people swapping picks, moving up in the draft, trying to get these people. So it ended up being a very entertaining, at least first round, uh, which is, you know, the common people watch. unlike like Dan who watches all 78 hours of the draft for all seven rounds. But for the common people on that Thursday night, it was pretty exciting.
0: It was exciting. I think it definitely was exciting. I was actually uh, doing a lacrosse tournament on Saturday, so I did not get to watch the final three rounds, unfortunately. Um, you know, and look back at, you know, the guys that went from like Valdosta State and all those (laughs) great places that we love. But I will say this, I, I, I think what we kind of knew going in was that a lot of people didn't know what was going to happen. And I think the media and the league's executives were completely on different sides for this whole thing. I think there's a lot of like, Really, really crazy, you know, narratives that were dr- driven about certain players, um, particularly the quarterbacks, and that's where I'm going to start because those were the easiest prop bets to hit in the history of America. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I think, was an over/under of 18 and a half with his pick. That was so easy. Malik Willis was 14 and a half. Went in the third round. I mean, these are like th- this is at least things that I bet. And ended up, you know, just kind of dominating and uh, or not dominating, but, you know, easily hitting those things because we're like, Pittsburgh's the only team, honestly, that really does need a quarterback and can afford one in the spot that they're in. Why are these guys being taken so high? And of course, the media blew it up that we're going to have three first rounders. And I know we picked three first rounders in our, in our mock draft, but that is, you know, that was a pretty easy couple of bets to make.
1: Yeah, as much as we bought into the hype as far as our mock draft went because it felt like, you know, again, it's just it, sometimes it's hard for us to predict. And, you know, we're reading what everybody else is projecting these people to say, what they're hearing from inside the locker rooms. Um, yeah, I also had the Malik Willis one. Again, that went off pretty well without a hitch, but we did have the Saints moved up in the draft. And I we did. thought you text me, you go, here it comes. They're going for Kenny. And I, I was going to absolutely, you know uh freak out if if you called them moving up for the exact player but they ended up moving up for chris Olave, which was also a shock um but yeah i i definitely think that the media knows that quarterbacks drive the draft every team that doesn't have a quarterback wants a quarterback so yeah you have a guy that was supposed to go possibly top 10 and win the third round
0: unbelievable that he did and he went as the third pick so desmond ritter I think you were right in the sense that I was Ritter. close. You were close and you hit the team. Like you nailed the team. Yep. You had Atlanta yep. training in. Yep. So like Atlanta ended up picking him in the third or second round. I can't remember mm-hmm. when he was a third round, um, but right before Malik Willis. So I think the league definitely had a higher kind of um, thought process on Desmond Ritter and how athletic he could be a bigger player. You know, he's still athletic, but maybe not a natural thrower. Malik is going to take some time. All these guys are going to take time. And, and that's kind of interesting in the point we're going to get into quarterback fits after we finish the props things. but any other props that you hit that you liked, because I think what you had, you went like what three and two or four and two, something like that.
1: I went three and one, three and one. Um, uh, so I, I, we, we nailed uh, Malik Willis. Uh, I ended up taking Drake London's under at uh, the 10 and a half because wow. there was a lot of steam, a lot of steam for him going to Falcons. So when I saw the 10 and a half number, um, that was just a, a gamble on that. Obviously, like I said, your, your boy, Garrett Wilson, was a big talk of going first overall. But towards the last couple of days changed. Uh, I missed on just by a little bit. I, I missed Jordan Davis going over uh, 14th overall spot. That was a plus number. Uh, Eagles ended up snaking me on that, sneaking in and literally oh, getting gosh. it right under the wire. At fourteen. I think they hit it at no, they hit it at 13. 13. I was hoping I had one more, one more would have been a push because an even 14. Uh, and then I sent you this one the morning of the draft. Packers not to take a wide receiver in the first round plus one forty-eight. Guess what, folks? We're now after this year, 21 years since the Packers have taken a wide receiver in the first round. So history will tell me if you're
0: gonna be a plus number at that for something they haven't done in 20 years, end up paying off. Like think about that though, like all the great wide receivers we knew were going to go before the Packers were going to pick. So it was like you pick one in the first round or you wait till the second round and get a decent value on a wide receiver. And that's exactly what happened in the second round when they got Christian Watson. Yeah.
1: And again, if there hadn't been the run, I mean, how many wide receivers went in the first round seven or maybe eight. Yeah. It was like, it was,
0: it was the most, I think it was the most uh, defensive players since like 1968, but I think it was like six wide six or seven wide receivers.
1: Yeah, in the teens, there was that. There was that run once the Lions moved up for for Jamison Williams, right, yep. uh, you know shortly after Garrett Wilson went for the Jets second pick, like there was a run on wide receivers like Chris Olave and all that stuff. Yep. So I think that enough got taken before them that they said, "Well, we're not just gonna move up our draft board and, and take a wide receiver that we're valuing in the second or third round." And they right. took two defenders from maybe one of the best college football defenses of all time. You know, they, pretty good. Uh,
0: they nailed it. We're gonna talk about them later. Uh, for me, the other two that I had I went 4 0 in the picks, which is amazing. Um, Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton, mm. which was Kyle Hamilton over 11 and a half. Which I mean, once he slipped past Washington, I was like, I don't know how far Kyle Hamilton's gonna fall. It just seemed like there wasn't enough juice on safeties this year that teams needed that position filled. So I felt like, all right he'll probably fall And of course the Ravens who desperately wanted Jordan Davis, everybody knew they wanted Jordan Davis and the Eagles stuck him through, um, and then made all the great trades after the Ravens are like, let's get a dog. Let's get like the best player available here. And that, and we'll put him on our defense and Kyle Hamilton is such a perfect Raven rangy, like, you know, box can play all those things. Is a great pick. So Kyle Hamilton, and then, uh, Snuck it by the skin of our teeth, but Sauce Gardner under four and a half going to the Jets at like plus 175, which was awesome. Like that was just I was just praying for it. And Derek Stingley went to the Texans. I said, Oh boy, this might happen now because Stingley's off the board, and the Jets are gonna say, We always had him to the Jets, we mocked him to the Jets. And you know, that was the whole thing. It was like the Jets are our only hope here. So we are really we I wish I bet Sauce Gardner exact. Uh, number four and just did that but i mean we hit it anyway so props to us we did very very well great job in the props this year
1: yeah i mean that's that's pretty pretty damn good as far as you know so seven and one as as a show not too shabby
0: not too shabby maybe listen to us every once in a while um it's great uh speaking of those quarterbacks that we're just talking about I want to just dive into the fits that you see with each team and we'll just kind of run through them really quick. Um, And we'll start with Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett going to the Pittsburgh made all the sense in the world for him to be in the same facility with that team all the time. I thought maybe there was a chance Malik might go there, but it ends up that Kenny Pickett fits the mold of a classic Pittsburgh quarterback. It's more stationary, but can do athletic things.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously the, Cultural fit and, and and the comfortability fit is is exactly why everybody thought Kenny Pickett was going to go to Pittsburgh is because it's Pittsburgh homegrown college boy so you know natural for him to stay there as far as how he fits in with the team I feel like I just have a hard time figuring that out because we've just seen Big Ben for the past eighteen years you know I I don't know I don't really know Pittsburgh quarterbacks beyond Big Ben so mm-hmm. this is just like a whole new era and I just I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Yeah, me too. I think that he'll be – I think it'll be interesting. You know, again, I'm not expecting much from this class, as you know. So, you know, uh, on on all of this, on all these quarterbacks, it's going to be hard, and most of them are probably going to have to play a backup role. I think people are more expecting Kenny, though, in the first round to actually play. What about um, Desmond Ritter? You had a mock to the Falcons. Why did you do that, and, and why do you think he fits there?
1: This one is super interesting, too, because I actually had this conversation with somebody after the draft I, again, I, ju- I just think that again, if you think athletic quarterbacks and, and people who can move and throw a little bit, Michael Vick to the Falcons, maybe they want to get back to having a dynamic playmaker at that quarterback position. But I, I didn't think about it this way. How you know how we expect the next quarterback draft class to be so good? Desmond Ritter, as much as Marcus Mariota is there now they're going to have to play him a little bit this year to know what they have as far as in this quarterback and see if they have to take, you probably think they're going to have a high draft pick next year, be eligible in a good spot to take one of these high ranked quarterbacks next year's draft. And if you've got a guy that you don't play at all this year, that you still spend a third round pick on, you know, it's fairly valuable in the NFL. Can you just spend another first round pick at a quarterback? So as much as again, they are going to probably start in a backup role. I think Desmond Ritter has got to get into some game action throughout the year. Got to see what we have and see if we're willing to pass on a quarterback in this next draft. If again, if we have a high first round overall pick.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Desmond Ritter, they're going to see exactly what they have. If he can compete with Mariota, I think that'll give you a a lot of indication. If he cannot, I think that tells us a lot about his competitive nature. Um, And Mariota is not the only one. They have other guys on the roster as well. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Again, the Falcons... We'll talk about them later on. I'm, I'm, I'm not too enthused by what I'm seeing from that roster. Uh, let's go to Malik Willis, though. Fascinating pick. And especially with the aftermath of Ryan Tannehill, we thought that Tennessee might be a dark horse candidate to draft one of these quarterbacks because Ryan Tannehill is older. He's like 33 or 34. And off of the game that he just had against the Bengals in the playoffs, Malik Willis... Um, you know, is a very different player, very different player. Shades of Vince Young coming back to Tennessee.
1: Yeah, shades of Vince Young. Yes, I, I can see that. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, said Tannehill's comments this, you know, this week again, people, the typical journalist answer. I think, I think people expect the typical uh, journalist answer out of that, you know, Oh yeah, I'm going to take him under my wing and I'm going to do this when asked about if he's going to mentor Malik Willis and Brian Tannehill said, That's not my job to mentor Malik Willis. My job is to play quarterback. And if I mentor Malik, I could lose that job that I'm being paid to do. So, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of back and forth of like, oh, he should be a good teammate and mentor him. But then also people saying exactly what I just said to her. It's like they're literally, I mean, you're fighting for your job every single day in the NFL. Most of these guys, most people on the roster are fighting for their spot. And again, Ryan Tano I think knows he's on the hot seat after that game he had. So no, I'm not going to, Help this kid out to take my job as easily as possible. But I mean, is that, you know, do we see him this year? I mean, that would be something if you would take a bet on Will Malik start a game this year for the Titans, disregarding a Ryan Tannehill injury. I don't know if I would, but I mean, the juice is worth the the juice could be worth the squeeze because I feel like I would set that line at about, you know, if it's not regarding injury, like a plus. 450 line on that i think you'd have to
0: the problem with that is that he is such a different cat than Tannehill. but actually when you think about it didn't Tannehill lead the league in rushing touchdowns as a quarterback not lead the league in yeah. rushing touchdowns but he had led all quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns uh either in 2020 i'm pretty sure that was the case yeah so you know to me Tannehill does have some running ability you could maximize that to the nth degree with derrick henry back there So, you know, there's an interesting case. I just think Malik is going to have to get used to the speed of the NFL, and I'm not sure he's going to be there at the moment. I think we'll see a lot of flashy plays in the preseason. They have another guy that's sitting back there at Woodside or whatever the heck his name is that is just not good at all. So if Malik can show anything, and I think he can, I might have to go to a preseason game. I might have to go just take a little scurry back to Nashville and, you know, go to a preseason game and see him play. Honestly.
1: You're you're just dying to get back to Nashville. Okay? I think
0: so. Nashville was a good old time. I will say that, you know, let's do kind of the secondary quarterbacks really quick. I never asked you how you felt about any of these quarterbacks. Was there anyone particular, like, would you rank, let's say Matt Corral, Sam Howell, um, Are there any names after? If you're going to say any name after that, I have them not ranked
1: because I don't know them.
0: I have one that I wanted to talk about, but it was specific to me, so we'll talk about it. Yeah. But um, what did you like? Did you like Corral or Howell better?
1: I I would have taken Howell. I think. I think. I again, Sam Howell. If you go back to last year's mock drafts, was a top five pick and has you know, if you know, after the season he had, North Carolina fell down a little bit. Uh, you know, Sam Howell, can he compete with an all-star MVP like Carson Wentz? Dan, you could tell me all about that if you want. And Matt Corral, I honestly just, I don't know. I mean, he's undersized quarterback. You could comp him to Drew Brees, I, you know, if, if you want to do that. Cool. Uh, you know, as far as just literally the build, but how they shake out in the NFL, I could not tell you.
0: I'll, I'll give you a comp for Matt Corral. Johnny Manziel.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: That's his comp. Just could have, could have been a career backup (laughs) pretty much, pretty much that that's my compliment. I don't really, he ran a completely different offense. I mean, who knows? It's, it's crazy. What offense that Lane Kiffin runs in Ole Miss, how I did like, how I thought could really, you know, he's undersized Baker Mayfield. esque. you know, like Mm -hmm. just very compact can run way better than Baker Mayfield. Like it is, is a, really thick for his size only six, one, six foot, six, one. So, you know, but he can really sling the ball down the field. So I think Sam Howell in Washington, that makes a lot of sense just from the idea that his arm is big. And so is Carson Wentz's and Carson Wentz can also run. So it's very, I like the fit there. And maybe he, maybe he competes. Who knows? They got freaking Taylor Heineke off the street playing, you know, why not him?
1: I was going to say, I mean, with Carson once in front of him, glass bones and paper skin, I think that Sam Howell will get in a couple games this year.
0: Slander. There's slander <laughs> Uh I just I am I'm, I'm literally I don't know how much longer I can hold with Carson. I just I I'm holding on, but it is tough. It is you're tough. the you're the last man on the ship. Me and Colin You're the Cowherd. captain. Me and Colin Cowherd are holding on for dear life. Uh yeah, no, and Corral to me, you know. Carolina is a mess of quarterbacks. Yeah, that's Wilson. just a, that's a dumpster. One more. Bailey Zappi, Western Kentucky <laughs> to the Patriots.
1: Go ahead. Just go ahead. I got nothing on this.
0: I, 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 Bailey Zappi, if you don't know, Bailey Zappi broke Joe Burrow's touchdown record last year <laughs> at Western Kentucky. It is a sneaky play by Belichick. No, it is, it is a guy that fits the Patriot mold a ton, a pure passer, just guy that's really smart and can just sling it all. Over. He's very running gun type of player. I like Bailey Zappi. I liked watching him last year. Cause I started hearing about him a lot because he was throwing so many touchdowns dude can sling. It's just, you know, Brian Hoyer, how much longer is he going to be on the team? I like the idea that they got a backup quarterback. What can I say?
1: And we, we all know that, you know, MAC conference quarterbacks always end up working out in the NFL. I mean, very high end, very high end talent coming out of the MAC. The quarterback—he is
0: is a Sun Belt guy.
1: Oh, sorry, I'm sorry.
0: So he's coming out also, also also elite, also fun belt. Come on, fun belt football—that's like unbelievable. Let's go. Uh, I love it. So those are your quarterback breakdowns. Let's do winners and losers. Winners of the draft, losers of the draft. I know, guys. Like, anybody listening out there, let's just asterisk this with, we have no idea.
1: We don't know. We don't know.
0: But it's oh, more we fun. Oh, we, we know. Oh, no, we know. Lewis we says know. he knows. You got me hyped up for this sauce gardener, whoever it is, this make-believe character. You, he better be a winner. Did you
1: see the sauce chain? I mean, that's basically all you need to know. I did. It's like Sunday sauce. That's all I need.
0: Sunday sauce. Did you see oh, him not in. did you see him not be able to find the stage? <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> yeah, that was I, didn't, I didn't see that. I uh, I skipped that. <laughs> Only positive vibes. Oh my there. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what everybody's saying is that Gang Green won this draft and with especially their first and second round acquisitions that they made. Oh. Um, so I mean, Matt, is that the top of your list of, of winners?
1: They are at the peak of my list, but yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely consider the Jets a winner um, of this. And if I can, I'm just going to lump two of them into here. I think New York Football was a winner. I, I just oh. think I think that the Jets and the Giants. I'll lump them in because I think that was a lot of people's first reaction. That was one of my initial reactions to you when we were texting back and forth. Is that the Jets? I mean, this, there's also this too. The Jets had three first round picks. It's very easy to look like you got a lot of talent when you got three picks in the first round because most teams don't have that. You but suck. again, having have picking Sauce Gardner, you get Stingley taken right before so you you now get what I believe most people considered was the number one corner uh, in in Sauce and then you grab your man, Gary Wilson, who again hmm. was also projected to be the first wide receiver off the board that you get him as a second wide receiver off the board and they sneak into the back of the first round and grab a falling edge rusher uh in Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. So uh, when they that was really when they did that move and they made sure to see like we like this guy and he's falling down the board so much I think we have a chance to get in here that was when I was like okay the Jets are actually doing a very good job with this draft so I like that and then the Giants did a good job of at the top of their draft tackles went ahead of them edge rushers went ahead of them but they just took the value as far as who was falling again Thibodeau could have went well higher than where he went at five And Neal could have went right before them at six, and they just didn't make a mistake. That's the big thing, too. New York football didn't mess it up, which they normally do. So they did a good job by not being what they normally do.
0: Yes, I agree. I like Sauce, obviously. I said he was the best player in the draft. I like Garrett Wilson because I think he's a three-level receiver. I've said this. And I love Jermaine Johnson getting him at that spot. I think trading back in, that was a really good value play for Joe Douglas. Reese Hall, best running back in the draft. They get him in the second round. They end up getting Jeremy Rucker, tight end out of Ohio State, was the second best tight end in this draft. So, you know, I think that they added pieces, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You added Wilson, Hall, Rucker, and then got better on the D-line, got better in the cornerback position. They desperately knew. They couldn't cover anybody last year. Um, there's still questions on the offensive line about what they might do, but I like the Jets. And for the Giants, I thought they played it perfectly. They said, okay, all the offensive linemen are at our disposal here at this five pick. Let's take the best player and then we can get Neil or Aquanu. And they end up with Neil, which to be honest, I think Neil is probably the more NFL ready player than Aquanu is. Uh, Thibodeau, I love Thibodeau. I thought that people really just like for no reason knocked him down a few pegs. Uh, for, I, I just think it was so short sighted. I think he's going to be an animal. I think, I think he could be Micah Parsons esque level good in this mm. first year. I really do. Um, so, the, yeah, no, I agree with you. Giants, Jets, good job. They also get Wando Robinson out of Kentucky, who is a good little gadget receiver. They got a tight end that I liked. Like, Giants did good. And
1: they and they took two guards later in the draft, too. Again, uh, just a massive need for offensive line, so you got some guys in there to compete for the position and hopefully crack the roster.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. My number one, uh, not gangrene, but bird gang, Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Absolutely. Oh. I I No, 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 not that team. Well, we'll get to them next. I, I, we'll get to them, but like everybody's doing that team. I like Philadelphia Eagles. I think what they did was amazing. I thought Jordan Davis, to be able to sneak up and get him, who might be the most undersold guy in this whole draft, monster. Just a great, great pick for them. As far as the draft picks are concerned, they get – a really athletic center in cam jurgens out of nebraska to replace travis kelsey they get nicobe dean in the third round who apparently had a pectoral issue and didn't get surgery but i mean that guy was a really good player playing all year long like that so and we know the eagles don't like to go linebacker but in the third round that was really good value to get nicobe dean they get uh the tight end out of smu grant calcaterra who i really like he was one of my sleeper guys as well. But the biggest thing of all was being able to trade for A.J. Brown and getting A.J. Brown for a decent price and then giving him a massive extension in which they don't have to pay him until after this year. He's still on a rookie contract technically. And then he got the four year extension of a one hundred million dollar contract. So with that, like the Eagles just addressed every single thing that they needed and they did it perfectly and they swung and I think with them and Jalen Hurts adding in a possession receiver like A.J. Brown, mm, I love that to, to compliment Goddard and Devontae Smith on the outside.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, a lot of people also talking about, uh, again, the birds as doing a good job in that draft. Obviously, you get the the biggest mutant in the draft in Jordan Davis, your favorite largest human being in the okay. draft in Jordan Davis. So, uh, And then, yeah, the A.J. Brown trade, I think it works much better for them than the position that Tennessee was. Uh, and again, we could talk about Tennessee in a little bit, but I think maybe they were right to move on from him and not have to pay him. So, uh, we saw that a little bit with a couple teams in this draft, not wanting to pay their wide receivers.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, who is your loser? Just give me like a one loser and then we'll go back and forth on it.
1: Biggest loser? I, I think Houston. I think yeah.
0: Houston, for the amount of picks
1: that they had, they, you know, again, they take Stingley at three, which can people were like, uh, okay, are we doing that instead of Sauce Gardner? They take Kenyon Green at 15, which again felt pretty high with with maybe some of the the guards. You know, Zion Johnson was still on the board at that time and available. So I I, I just think they didn't take an edge rusher at all. They didn't take an edge rusher, which is a, you yeah. know a position that they have nobody on the defensive line, and instead they draft a running back in the third round. When like I remember the running backs from last year, how we were laughing again. Obviously, you don't want to go in with the absolute like retirement room that they had (laughs) of like rex burkhead philip Lindsay, uh mark Mark ingram mark ingram i mean they had everybody over 30 on on their in their running back room but again to not take an edge rusher a position to need for you guys and then to take a running back at spot 107 just i i just don't i don't i think they maybe like overthought the strap especially in the first round with taking (coughs) stingley and green two spots. It seemed like a reach for those guys.
0: I, I think the Stingley sauce gardener thing is going to be interesting. I think there are a lot of people in the league that think that Stingley was the better player. Um, but I don't agree with them. Um, I do think I, they end up getting Damian Pierce is the running back. They got, yeah. and he's like a hitter on, on, from Florida. So yeah, there's that they drafted John Mechie because, you know, John Mechie's not going to play this year more than likely. So, you know, that's just a stash away. They didn't – I think Casario understands they're in cap jail because of Deshaun Watson, and, you know, they're going to continue to be in cap jail, so they've just got to get players that they can produce and develop. I think they're more about player development now than anything. Um, So I don't disagree with you, but I didn't have them on my losers list. The team that I had on my losers list was pretty easy. Um, That was Arizona. I just – I do not understand what Arizona is doing. I know they didn't have a first-round pick, but they end up using their first pick – On a tight end, on Trey McBride, who was the best tight end in this draft, but it's not like he's a highly touted, you know, prospect and and one of the great tight ends that we've had here. He was drafted in the second round for a reason. And, you know, to me, they already have Zach Ertz um, on top of that. So I am confused with that. I guess the Hollywood Brown trade is because of DeAndre Hopkins' suspension, but to me, does he fit? is he not just a, another home run hitting John Brown style, you know, player? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I'm not sure what Hollywood Brown and to get fleeced for a first round pick for him. To me, it's a fleece.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think as soon as you said, Arizona, I'm like the Hollywood Brown trade alone. I don't even care who they actually took with their picks in the draft. We're just, they're just trying to have the smallest, skinniest, least physical team in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, they've got nothing but tiny wide receivers now, but yeah. they have a lot of speed, I guess. So
0: I guess, and they've got AJ Green, who's a hundred years old. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, like, I'm not really sure. They end up drafting a corner from Valdosta state in the seventh round. Um, you know, they end up, yeah. You know, the one guy that I liked was my Jai Sanders from Cincinnati, but outside of that, like maybe Trey McBride will be a good player, but not worth a second round pick when you have, major needs probably at the defensive end position since you lost you know your best defensive player like i'm just i'm not sure they got other dns but they're much more developmental than those guys so let's go uh another winner though for you real quick
1: yeah i'll be here and i'll say again what everybody's heard is that the ravens just had a phenomenal draft i mean between they can talk about like we talk about a fantasy draft time. Let the draft come to you. I mean, again, that was the Kyle Hamilton pick that you said. As much as like everybody's like, ah, I don't know how Kyle Hamilton works when you put him on a defense like the Ravens, who just they just know how to how to coach up guys and they know how to be very dynamic on defense and disguise their coverages. Kyle Hamilton seems like a perfect Raven, as you said earlier. They did. They also were able to just uh, pick up draft picks as they went along. They take Tyler Linderbaum, the best center in the draft, pick, yeah. who's a great moving and pulling center uh, which is just does so much for them in their run game and what they want to be able to do and, and again as well as just stockpiling picks throughout the draft and really loading up their roster with guys on cheap contracts to keep for spots so I'll, I'll be the truck guy and say it. Ravens I will have a Super Bowl future on the Ravens this year guaranteed oh. guaranteed I haven't done it yet because I feel like the hype after the draft is high right now so their price has gone down but I'm going to keep my eye on, I will have a Super Bowl future on the Ravens this year. I
0: think they're the current favorite in the AFC North, Correct. If I remember correctly. So they're like plus 110, plus 105, somewhere around there. But um, I think they drafted a bunch of players, and I'll just list them off for you, that all fit their culture. Hamilton, Linderbaum, David Ajabo, who won't play this year, but they'll stockpile him and develop him um, out of Michigan. Like, got the DN that they wanted. Like, that's another fill-in guy. Travis Jones from UConn, they get him. We talked about him. That was a monster get to them. Follow Lele from Minnesota. The offensive tackle was the biggest man in this entire draft. Jordan Armour Davis from from Alabama to play linebacker. Isaiah Likely, athletic tight end. Tyler Beatty, slasher running back out of Missouri. Like, every single one of these guys fits the Ravens culture. Every single one of them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how they they look after, uh, you know, a couple games here this season.
0: Yeah, no doubt. My uh, next team that I was going to go winner, um, I really, really like, and I don't like this team, but I like what they did, was the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs did a pretty good job trading up, getting Trent McDuffie, getting another good corner. They also get Karloftis at the end in their second round pick, who, as we mentioned, was just incredible to watch coming out, just looking completely different than everyone else. But, like, you know, you just – I don't know. It was just very funny. But then they go out and they get Sky Moore, who I thought was one of the best route runners, and they, re- they, they give another – they get another receiver that has quickness. Not necessarily speed, but he's quick, and he's quick cutting. And that's, like, really valuable to their offense. Leo Chanel, great running. great Linebacker from Wisconsin, who I really wanted for the Patriots. And then they didn't get him. And then they get a good guard and Darian Kennard out of, of Kentucky. So I thought they handled the draft very, very well.
1: Yeah, I had them on my winners list as well. I mean, they drafted four corners in this draft. Talk about, like, we know our need. Let's get a bunch of guys in to compete, and let's see who's going to come out. Uh, Again, doing that all while taking a a, a good edge rusher in the first round and then still getting the receiver, like you said. I mean, I think they actually, as much as it pains me, they did a very good job in this draft.
0: Completely, completely agree. Um, Any more losers for you?
1: Dan? Dan, don't, don't just just just. Dan. Are the Patriots
0: a loser? Just
1: just. Relax. Are the Patriots a loser in this draft? You you stayed up till eleven thirty to take a left tackle from Chattanooga, okay?
0: <laughs> left guard,
1: left guard, left guard. Uh, even worse. Even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, tell me why the Patriots are
0: losers. Well, you, that, you said it, not me. It's a it's a strange time in New England. I will say that it is strange. I was not pleased. At the point, at the time, obviously, as I've gone on, I understand the pick. I think that he fits the team and the scheme, and I do. I just think there were better needs. I just, I, I would have rather had – I gave you my three guys. I had Penning. I had Devin Lloyd, who got taken right before them, traded yeah. by the Jaguars. And then I had uh, Daxton Hill, and Daxton Hill was still available. And the Cincinnati Bengals end up taking him in the first round. And, you know, to me, it's – I think that Cole Strange can be a good player. He has to live up to very big expectations now. And it's typical Patriots taking a guard from Chattanooga in the first round. So we got Chattanooga. We got Lenore Ryan. We got all these great schools that you've never heard of. Um, He's a mock. He's a Chattanooga mock. What can I tell you?
1: That's, I mean, that's like, I, I, when I literally am like looking through whoever to drafted, I just, the schools and the names, I'm like, I didn't read about these guys once when prepping for the draft. So that's just why they become a loser for me.
0: We, we had them on a the board, but I liked, I liked the other picks. I liked getting Taekwon Thornton out of Baylor. I liked getting speed. I liked, I loved Marcus Jones out of Houston at corner. He's versatile the dude, best returner in college football. Like, I liked all those picks. I don't understand why they took three guards and then took two running backs. Like, I mean, it was very questionable. It was questionable. I'm half and half. I give it a C. If I was going to, I would give it a C, C-minus, mm-hmm. I would say. It's just, in Bill we trust, but this is a tough draft. And I think what he wanted to do was get tougher and faster. And he took the two fastest guys, took the fastest running back in the draft, took the fastest receiver in the draft. That's what he wanted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're going to have my other loser, my only other loser that I had here. I think that it's pretty obvious. Only other loser.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's,
1: it's too hard to call losers in the draft. I I think it's obvious. I just think I don't see the direction
0: this team's going. Can I know who it is? Seattle. I did. uh, Really? You had Seattle as on your losers list. Tell me why. Tell me why. They didn't take a quarterback. They have Drew Locke as their starting quarterback.
1: Every, all these quarterbacks that were supposed to be good went the third round. And instead, they took, again, they also took a running back. Wait a minute. In the third round. They took a Ooh, running back. I, at 40, I have 41st heard, overall.
0: I have wait, wait, wait. all these good things about Drew Locke for the last <laughs> yeah, however
1: many yeah. years. Yes, all the good things.
0: Can I, can I ask a question? Yeah. Please. Is Drew Locke better than Kenny Pickett? No. You don't think so?
1: No, I'll say no. How
0: much better is Kenny Pickett than than Drew Locke? Because they couldn't draft Kenny Pickett because he went in the first round. So let's say, is he better than Malik Willis?
1: I would say that we know – we already know what Drew Locke is in this league. And it's at least worth taking a shot when you have absolutely nothing else to take a quarterback. Again, these guys that were highly touted went very late. And I just think that instead of taking – they took – they also took Boye Mafe, which is like everybody was like, "Do we take this guy? Do we not take this guy? Because he's a project." And they take Kenneth Walker instead of taking a quarterback. I, again, I just I don't know. I, 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 I,
0: don't I know. honestly with their draft, I actually thought like to me, it's like Seattle knows like they just traded away Russell Wilson. They know that there's no shot that they compete in the division that they're in. Like they're gonna make the best of it. They're gonna paper it together. And to me, if I was GM, I would have waited for next year too. Like, I would have waited for next year. And I'm not really sure why a lot of these teams took – I mean, I understand why teams took quarterbacks because they didn't take them until the third round. I mean, like there was – to me, I don't fault Seattle for not taking the quarterback. I, I, They got one of the best tackles, Charles Cross, in this draft. I, they got Kenneth Walker, who was a top one or two tight end, uh, running back in this draft. They got, they got Kobe Bryant, cornerback, in this draft. They got some good players. Just what is a running – running backs, they're like – like by the time they have a team that can compete, that guy's off the roster.
1: Running backs don't last in this league.
0: A fourth they don't make pick. a
1: second contract.
0: There's a fourth-round pick.
1: I, I just don't understand these teams that aren't competitive drafting running backs. It just doesn't like – you're not building the core of your team. By the time you're competitive, even if it takes three years, that guy's like probably on a contract year – ready to get paid a million bucks and you're not going to give them a second contract.
0: Yeah. I, I can agree with that. I, I, I don't really get the running back idea. I think they just took best player available. I actually, the one that I really, i I've, I've just two that I really don't like two that I really don't like. And and that's it. I do not like what Atlanta did at all. I just think Atlanta just did nothing to better their team. Drake London. I wasn't a huge fan of anyway. I do like the Abakite kid out of Penn state, but Troy and Troy Anderson is a hit or miss. Why? I mean, Desmond Ritter. Yeah. You're taking a shot, but like, again, like it's another team that knows they're not going to be good. That is going to have to be able to explain, like, like you just said, Desmond Ritter has to play this year now. And if you don't, and you go draft a quarterback, why'd you draft him? Like, you know, I mean, I just don't understand that nobody makes their impact and they didn't draft an offensive lineman, like their biggest problem in this whole team is offensive line. They can't block anybody. So I have no idea what they did. And then Dallas, I just did not like what Dallas did either. I thought Tyler Smith is a project tackle. Jalen Tolbert was not a big guy for me. That's out of South Alabama. The kid Ferguson at the tight end of Wisconsin's okay. But where does he fit in the scheme with Schultz and Jarwin already on the team? Dallas to me did not address anything. I mean, Tyler Smith uh, they could have traded up for a tackle. Otherwise I would have waited. I would have absolutely waited to get a different tackle. I just, I did not like with Taliston.
1: And they just can't help themselves with taking a a, a, wide, receiver. a wide receiver. They right? have to, you have yeah. to take a wide receiver. Every draft, we can't help ourselves. The fact they held off to the third round is a miracle. So
0: yeah, incredible. Uh, any other winners?
1: Uh, so we said Jets, Giants, Ravens. Uh, and then again, yeah, the team, I started the show. With, I think the Packers, I think the Packers were smart to not, like, give in to the wide receiver thing. And they literally just went,
0: uh,
1: oh, who was the best defense in college football last year and, like, arguably a top five one in history? Oh, we can get a defensive tackle and a linebacker from that team? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. That sounds like a good idea. So, I think they did a pretty good job with that while still getting a wide receiver in that next round. So, Packers I'd also put on that list.
0: Uh, They were on my list, too. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. I mean, they got great – And they actually got one wide receiver who I loved Christian Watson at North Dakota state, who's just a better MVS and a faster MVS. And then Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. I really liked too. I thought he was a really athletic player Um, played with Carson strong out there, obviously. So, you know, we'll see if he's, he can, he played with a good quarterback in college. He's going to play with even better one in the NFL. Uh, And so if he is able to, you know, keep up his athleticism and keep his trajectory going, I think that was a great, great draft for the, For the Packers not panicking and not taking a receiver in the first round when there wasn't there to be taken. I liked what they did, and they got tougher on defense. They got tougher. I loved it. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, Last one for me, Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh. I like what they did outside of Pickett. Take Pickett out of the conversation. Like, they know that Pickett is going to be a hit or miss. They have Trubisky there. They're basically the same quarterback at this point. One's just younger um i liken him to trubisky i liken him to daniel jones as i said you know that's what they're going with and maybe he'll be a better version of that in their scheme george pickens large receiver pittsburgh has been very good at picking receivers in the draft i think that that they've shown that i like george pickens uh, if he can stay on the field and not have any issues uh demarvin leal out of out of tech am i really like Calvin Austin you're gonna like you're gonna like watching Calvin Austin watch out he could be like the next Rondale Moore small guy but just very fast and like a gadget player out of Memphis you know Memphis running backs are always crazy so like Calvin Austin is a fun player to watch and then they drafted Cameron Hayward's brother um out of Michigan State the fullback slash tight end so which I think is perfect so that'll be that'll that, that was a good move by them I like what Pittsburgh did
1: yeah, I like the the Hayward brothers story. You know, I think it's because because is Cam Cam's probably he got to be like his last. Did he retire or is he got? No, like no, he's thing? still there.
0: He's still think, hanging. You know,
1: but it might be like his last season now. He's playing with his brother and head out. So I think I, that's a good story for them. And, and yeah, I'm excited to see uh, their receivers again. Pittsburgh always crushes drafting wide receivers late. So you got to think as soon as you see them take those two guys, it's like, oh, what did everybody else miss?
0: Yep. Calvin Austin, the third, remember the name. He's going to be running around like a little chicken nugget, like the new kind like the, the, the wide receiver version of Kyler Murray. That's what it'll be. Um, Awesome. Very good. It'll be fun watching these rookies go at it. And, you know, at the end of the day, again, we don't know much, but you know, that's, that's our, that's our picks and we're sticking to them. Right. Right. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, Next week. And then the week's coming up, we're going to break down free agency. We're gonna break down who got who, who's now on what team. And can we make some futures bets? Maybe for the next two shows. We'll do an AFC show and an NFC show, free agency. Break down all the teams and who they got, and then we will go into our summer session. And you know we break down every division over the summer and keep you up to date on all the NFL news. Maddie, good draft. Let's get rolling, baby. It's time to get into the get into the war room.
1: I'm gonna dig into some depth charts for the next time you guys uh, we join you guys. So that is really gonna be it. Looking at what these teams have as far as going in uh, to
0: this next season, what do they have in their arsenal? Bang! I love it. I love it. Uh, for Maddie Ice, Maddie C. Metzold, I am Dan Zambonello, and for our great producer, great producer Lemon Pepper Blue Paracone, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week on the new edition of the Sunday Card.